Well, hey, new friends. I'm just jumping in here to say, um, I hope that you feel the same way, as in that we are trauma-exploring pals together with a similar focus on moving forward with, you know, a less fucked-up brain patterning issue and all of that relational destruction. That being said, I'm not a professional. I'm not a crisis worker. I'm just some human who talks about trauma from the inside out, which means any information you hear out of this mouth is for your own personal discrimination, just like a friend's would be. Now, hopefully take this information and work in conjunction with your trauma therapist to figure out what works for you and what's N.A., but this traumatized motherfucker podcast community and social media presence is not meant to be a replacement for trauma therapy. I'm just researching, reflecting on trauma experientially and academically, which means I assume no liability for your getting triggered, enmeshed, or offended, or any of the subsequent trauma reactions thereafter. Me and the other motherfuckers in the blanket fort are here to help to be supportive and to offer acceptance. But boundaries and realistic expectations are important for everyone in the complex trauma game. And while we're at it, my recovery is as important slash exhausting to manage to me as it probably is to you. So I always want to hear from you, your challenges, your successes, and your stories to share them with the entire crew. But please know that I can't therapize you and any crisis situations need to be addressed immediately from an appropriately trained resource. But that being said, if you're searching for personal understanding, support, and maybe some laughs about our truly fucked up brains along the way, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Traumatized Motherfuckers, and I really hope to see more of you. My name is Jess, and let's be clear. I'm just a traumatized motherfucker doing my best. Cheers, y'all. I'll see you at the show. motherfuckers. I mean, you know I like to do these podcasts in one take, but admittedly this is going to be the second take of this one. I try really hard to have everything be peaceful and the proper conditions for me to sit down and hammer this shit out so I don't have to stress myself out or hate myself for my voice and the things that I say. But unfortunately, there's certain things that I just can't control, like the number of birds that seem to fling themselves into the window at my mom's house. So uh, I got maybe two minutes into my prior attempt and some kind of massive winged creature pelted the window right next to me and then somehow wound up somersaulting across the roof over my head. And I honestly had a moment where it was more worthwhile to me to keep trying to talk than to go see what the fuck just happened. That's how much I just want to put these podcasts out there without freaking myself out. 
I know I talk about it, but I thought it was kind of a funny real-life example. And FYI, I went out and looked around and couldn't find anything, so I guess that he's okay. Uh, I don't know what the fuck happened. That was a weird one. So I just wanted to make this podcast about fear and helplessness and worry and all of the ways that those things impact your mindset and your outlook on life to make you, well, fucking give up, at least in my case. So I actually am taking three different posts and making them into one podcast. It might be a little bit dense, but they are too related to try to discuss one without the other, I guess. Um, So fuck it, let's just do this before more birds come try to fucking commit suicide right next to me. So this is a blog post that I just made two days ago. I named it Running, in parentheses, Ruining My Life on Fear and Helplessness. So this is another story framed by my morning meditation practice of walking my ass off. But bear with me, don't get too annoyed. For the past almost four weeks, I've been in Illinois at my mom's little horse farm. Uh, To be clear, my time here has been both challenging and healing, so I've been sticking around despite my complaining. Now, one of the biggest challenges that I've run into is the disruption of my usual morning schedule. Waking up at the crack of dawn, going to a naturey place, and sorting out my shit for the next one to three hours while I take a long hike, jog, walk, really whatever I can fucking muster that day. While I've been here, I've felt really claustrophobic, trapped, just unable to get out and to do my thing because I keep telling myself, quote, there's nowhere to go. Well, this morning I got up, started walking down the road, and found that there's nothing but space for me to explore. We're out in the middle of the fucking country. It's just cornfield territory. I'll be damned if there's nothing but room to wander. I realized all this time it's been less about having a place to go and more about fearing being out in this environment on my own. There are tons of places to be, but I don't trust myself or my safety in them. When I did trust myself, motherfucker, I moved my ass for 1.5 hours on a long, undirected country walk before 9am. I saw some real nature. I got the alone time I needed. I let my brain go into my meditative mode to sort out my random emotions and thoughts. And in doing so, I got way better energy release, emotional understanding, and mental clarity than I have in the past month or so. Okay, so you took a fucking walk this morning. Great, what's the big deal? Well, the deal is this is a metaphor for most of my life, jerk. Fear and learned helplessness. For my dark years, that's how I'm now referring to my 20s, I didn't get a lot done. 
I had a quote, highly successful sounding job and I lived in an apartment with this friend or that one. I dressed nice, I wrote scientific papers and I had a stable social circle. Outside of that, I didn't do a fucking thing. I was panicked at the idea of just about anything, including walking out my front door, staying in my front door, and humids. Period. I walked to work every day, panicked that someone was going to take me. I sat in my office, afraid to bother anybody or to walk out the door for fear of judgment or rapid firing. When I got back to my place, I did nothing. I was too scared to go out on my own. I stayed inside, waiting for something to happen. So I relied on friends for any exploration into the world. And while I sat there in my apartment, miserably fearing the slew of bullshit that ran through my brain, everything from someone's going to break in and murder you to you're going to die alone after a life of utter isolation and sadness, I accomplished nothing. I was too scared to create, to write, to learn a new skill. I was afraid of failing, of judgment, of all the hate that I already embodied in myself anyways. I told myself I couldn't do it. I was just stuck there, feeling claustrophobic and dissatisfied, helpless to change my life. And one day I started to reduce the fear behaviors and making moves for myself. I finally got back into shape, started venturing out on my own and having a little self-esteem as I realized that I was capable of doing things other people did too. Well, then I started dating someone and history repeated itself. I fell into a relationship that I thought was going to, quote, save me. And someone came along, scooped me up, and offered me a life with less fear and worry. Well, if you've kept up with my story, you know where this is fucking headed. <laughs> Straight for an abusive, toxic, controlling relationship where I had nothing but fears. At that point, again... I lost myself deep in the weeds of panicked, disastrous thinking. Except now I was too afraid to leave the house, to drive, to explore on my own, to make social contacts in a new city of Atlanta. And I was also terrified of the person that I lived with. I mean, I didn't really believe that he had my best interests in mind. I didn't feel I could truly count on him like he insisted. I could tell there was always something under the surface I didn't trust. And eventually his emotional outbursts and actions showed me that I was right. And still, I couldn't leave because I was too afraid of everything I didn't know. Hell, I wasn't comfortable walking in our neighborhood, let alone finding a new place to live with my limited financial and social resources. I told myself I couldn't do it. I was just stuck there, feeling claustrophobic and dissatisfied. And one day I started to reduce my fear behaviors and making moves for myself. I began driving myself to therapy and work, and I got more comfortable doing things on my own. 
like starting this project. I realized I was just as worthy and secure on my own as anyone else. And my entire world changed when I felt confident enough or depressed my fear enough to leave that household. Sounds familiar? Like maybe you just read that before. <laughs> Let's talk about loops, inner critics, and fucked up core beliefs. Yep, it's one of my regular trauma loops. I get shut down, I get afraid, and I just stop living. Thanks to my maladaptive thinking, I don't believe that I can live, at least not in the ways that other people do. So I give up trying. I succumb to my circumstances in some self-made hell. I start just existing and waiting for some kind of end whether that's a knight in shining armor or a new job opportunity that's just gonna fall in my lap and change my whole life. And as stupid as this sounds, to start with a story about walking down the fucking street instead of pouting inside the house, I really can see the pattern in smaller ways everywhere. Most of this dysfunctional thinking slash acting is based on our old favorites, inner critics and fucked up core beliefs. Thanks to the dickish voices in this messy head, I defeat myself before I even begin new activities. I freak myself out and tell myself everything is doomed before I even start. I'm not going to be good enough. I'm wasting my time. Everyone is just going to call me out for my efforts. I'm better off lying low and waiting for this predetermined future of misery to pass me by. Or for the murderer who's been following me for 20 years to finally finish the job, one or the other. So yeah, it's clearly all an extension of my inner narrative, my learned behaviors, the nasty words that have wormed their way into my psyche, and watching too many murder shows. Now in this instance, just considering taking a walk for longer than like a mile, I let my inner voice tell me the following. One, I'm destined to be picked up and taken if I walk on my own. Two, I shouldn't go too far because my body might not carry me back or I might get lost. Three, I literally don't deserve the same space on this earth as everyone else i.e. when I'm walking on the side of a country road, I'm inconveniencing a handful of motorists and just asking to get what's coming to me. I mean, isn't that fucked up when you consider it deeply? Like after years of maladaptive thinking and trauma, I literally do not feel as though I deserve the same physical space where my body exists as other people do. Please let me be in no one's way ever. I wouldn't want my 120 pound body to make someone adjust their direction by five degrees. I realized this today as I walked and holy shit, that's a trauma thought right there. Besides, I think those humans are ready to drag me off the street and take me away anyways. <laughs> I 
Everyone is out to get me. No one can be trusted. If you venture out on your own, you're asking for someone to take advantage. Evil, demented people are everywhere, waiting to prey on you. Man, that's a fucked up core belief gone wild, if I've ever seen one. And again, too much forensic files growing up. Then, I also inherently fear that my body just isn't going to be able to walk me back where I came from. It's going to give out on me at any second. Where's that born? Oh, my old body trauma from my undiagnosable illness that I accumulated out of the blue one day. How can you feel safe in your own shoes when you don't feel safe in your own body? After being told I couldn't do things for so long, I really believed it. But a lot of that narrative was all in my head, too. Now, lastly, I doubt my own mental abilities when I wonder if I can find my way back home. Who the fuck am I? Sassy and homeward bound? Like, I'm going to get so turned around walking in this open, grid-patterned, country road layout as if there isn't a phone in my pocket with resources as if i'm going to just what forget what direction i came from like i couldn't just turn around and go back what the fuck self that's just a straight inner critic lie having no confidence having fears of the world presuming the worst is always waiting around the corner These are all the same fears and fucked up core beliefs that stole years of my life. They contributed to my agoraphobia, to my stagnancy in a toxic relationship, and to all the times I've let myself rot away in a freeze state instead of taking action and just doing the fucking thing, whatever that thing is. It's the same monologue in my head over and over again. It's been applied to all sorts of situations, but it's always the same at the core of it. And, of course, that shit goes all the way back to childhood nonsense. Being alternatively babied and completely left on my own. Watching all the people I knew act with malice and aggression. Feeling unsafe in my own home and around strangers. I mean, having older brothers who told me I was stupid, incapable, and weak. After 20 years, it led to a pattern of creating obstacles, deciding I don't have the power of decision or control, telling myself I'm less than other humans, and letting fear determine everything that I fucking did. My outward-facing world has been so influenced by my inward-facing one and I lose sight of the two on repeat. So similar fear-based living, similar outcomes. Let me be clear, I don't always feel this way. I do go through periods of mental expansion and confident living when I actually don't doubt that I can do anything, but then I fall off the fucking wagon and get left in the dust again. And it seems like small things can trigger this change in perspective, autonomy, and realistic thinking. Like being back in my childhood home this time. I think my mom's treatment of me as a kiddo and her personal set of neuroses 
have really contributed to my own ramped up fear responses. I've been matching her energy. And an unfamiliar environment isn't helping, and that was also the case in my two prior examples, both living in Champaign-Urbana and in Atlanta. I felt out of my element, untethered and unwanted. Plus, meeting a lot of resistance in projects and personal issues in my own life that has made me question my own abilities and worth. So no, these are not directly related to the fear-based example that I first described, but they kickstart a defeatist dialogue in this silly, traumatized brain box. And the next thing I know, without my permission, with extreme subtlety, I'm back in the same, quote, rightfully imprisoned place, stagnant and unhappy and powerless. It's just a subtle nudge over the edge of confidence cliff that leaves me convinced I'm not of able body or mind or consciousness, and my mental health plummets with my self-assuredness and belief in autonomy. The result, or maybe the cause, in all of these examples, my head was a fucking mess. From the moment I woke up until, well, you know, the moment I tried to sleep and laid awake for hours. My anxiety was out of control. And at those times I couldn't settle down and make sense of my world, let alone find any quote, inner strength. I just worked all day, every day as a form of pushing my discomfort away and maintaining a false sense of control. And I escaped into comforts. I filled the void of activity and fulfillment with distractions. Now, do you want a motherfucking guess what I've been doing for this entire trip to my mom's? Waking up, immediately sitting down at my computer and rapidly working my ass off for 13 to 14 hours Ignoring everyone I know, hiding from the world by diving into my computer screen, ending the night with snacks or controlling my physical condition with starvation. Same old, same old avoidance-based behaviors. In short, I've been letting my anxiety run away and losing track of days because my head has been caught in a nervous spiral. Why? Well, because I haven't been getting my meditative alone time. I haven't been building up my confidence or exploring my ability to control my existence because I've been too fucking scared to walk out the front door and get the experience I need to keep my shit in order. I haven't been getting my walks. The snake eats his own fucking tail. I'm too scared to do the thing that I need to do to feel less scared. (laughs) Just like before when I was too nervous to leave the house and drive and the remedy was leaving the house and driving. It's an endless cycle until I break it, until I take that random turn and wander down a new road, confident that I'll figure out where I'm going as I make my moves. Whoa, life metaphor, pretty cool. 
for a completely unplanned post that worked out. So all of that was an epiphany that I had during and after my morning walk when I finally gave my permission to go do it, to stop fearing that someone was going to take me and that it was somehow going to be my fault or that I would be lost or that I was going to upset drivers by being next to the road they're driving on and maybe they should scoot over. That's fucking crazy. The things that I do to myself living in fear. So, shit. I guess the next thing that I want to dive into is this post about getting over the merit of worrying. The quote, merit of worrying and how that must die. I think some of this was already touched upon in the last post. It's kind of perfect. So I've got a bit of a woo intro and sorry again if you want to skip ahead because you don't want the spiritual pre-ramble. But for the past month or so, man, everything has been hard. It's been too hard at times. And when I say everything, I mean even the most menial, mundane things have just not been fucking working out. Car and doctor appointments, well, they keep getting fucked up. Communication issues, they just keep snowballing. Desperate attempts at social media bullshit for the site, they are exhausting and ineffective. It's just been frustration central. Today, I think I finally realized why. I hypothesized for a while that my energy must be off, that I'm creating resistance around every corner by operating on the wrong wavelength. Now, these are some of my usual woo beliefs at work, but they weren't quite landing no matter what I tried to do to correct it. This morning, I think I finally named it. I've been operating out of a place of worry, running on the wavelength of everything's about to explode. Namely, I fell back into the familiar hole of forward-facing, catastrophic thinking and started pushing for all of these random little things to be accomplished from a center of fear and, quote, preparation always the procrastinator over here. And dude, that doesn't work. It only gets me all riled up and tense and frustrated. And then that shitty, resistant energy pervades everything in my life. Why did the doctor fuck up my blood sample? Because I was worrying about the potential of having bad blood work results and needing to rush several additional appointments before my health insurance expired. Why did my car alignment make the steering worse? Separately, why did the Ford dealership just go AWOL halfway through repairing some dumb fucking computer programming? Well, because I've been freaked out about getting my car fixed and rushing back to Atlanta, where I assumed my world was burning. And I mean, the city kind of has been. Why did the eye doctor actually refuse to give me my own prescription? <laughs> because I was panicking, 
trying to force myself to order new glasses in like two days, again, before losing health insurance, in case my old pair, I don't know, fucking spontaneously combusted, I don't even know. When I set out for Illinois, I began a journey of worrying, which I had reframed in my head as being proactive and responsible. Does that sound familiar to anyone? Just taking advantage of my health insurance, that's a good thing. Making sure my car was cared for before I lost my extra income, that's smart. Checking all the boxes for being a good, upstanding adult. As a result, it's made my life dull and difficult and fucking infuriating. I've been defeated many times. I've gotten kicked off my high horse of feeling awesome, and I fell down into the stanky mud of assumed doom when nothing has worked out. And this is the effect of worrying in my life. When I can recognize it, I know deep in my gut that it's wrong. I know better. I've lived through obsessive worrying and had it completely diminish my existence. And when you're convinced that the worst thing is coming, even if you're doing it from a place of, quote, preparation, you're going to fall stagnant. You're going to create more trying situations. You're going to create the very things you're actively trying to avoid. And that's whether you fucking believe that it's woo or if you just think it's human psychology. I know I should have been chill about this. I should have let things happen with less of a dumpster fire under my ass. I mean, bitch, it'll all work out one way or another. Even if your glasses break, your car drives off the road, and you wind up with a massive medical bill, there's really no use in freaking out about it now and making it into a reality in your head before the event even fucking occurs if it ever will. That's a hard one and a deep one for me to accept. I fucked myself as I have before and as I will time and time again with letting my catastrophic thinking create annoying, illogical, pessimistic realities. And motherfucker, the merit of worrying must die. All right, enough of my woo intro. Let's get back to the real story. Worrying must die. Fun fact about me, until about two years ago, I was afraid to drive, petrified. For a few years, I refused. I also barely left the house and I would consider myself to have been an agoraphobic. I worked at home. I freaked out if I had to go do anything outside the house. Even walking around the block was an impossible feat because I was afraid of anything outside, even the backyard. It was me and my dog, Jake, in a basement 24-7. The fear of outside didn't help my driving anxiety. I had anxiety attacks when I needed to. And even if it was five minutes behind the wheel, even if someone was following me, I shook from head to toe. My heart raced. My vision would close in. I cried. I mean, I yelled at whoever was making me do this. 
let alone the things I shouted at other drivers. I probably spent a total of two hours behind the wheel over the course of the two years of my terror. And then last week, I drove 12 hours from Atlanta to Chicago by myself, just like I've done like a dozen times now. It's no big deal. I actually look forward to the trip for the opportunity to listen to my podcast uninterrupted, to think, to have my alone time. If anything, it was just a bit boring and muscle stiffening. So what the fuck changed? How did this former agoraphobe, driveophobe, personophobe become an independent, functional human again? Oh, you're gonna motherfucking hate this, but a big part of it is that I just stopped worrying about it. Building a phobia. Here's another interesting fact. Before I was afraid of driving and leaving the house, I fucking loved it. When I was a teenager and throughout my early 20s, I enjoyed driving more than just about anything. I was the friend with the car. I was always driving. I enjoyed the experience of helping and of having all of that control, musically and otherwise. I was supremely confident in my driving skills. I never had an accident. I boldly took everyone and their friends to shows in the city, to the Taco Bell when they were drunk two hours over, two towns over, sorry, and to Woodfield Mall. That parking lot alone is enough to cause me anxiety now. (laughs) You know what fucked me up a few years later? It wasn't the actual driving. There wasn't a single experience that caused me acute trauma in a vehicle. People weren't throwing things at my car or running me off the road. I was never stranded in the middle of nowhere. The thing that caused me so much grief was myself. First, I lost faith in myself. I started feeling unsure of my driving abilities. After a few long bouts of insomnia, I had difficulty seeing the road straight or reacting rapidly. And from those experiences, I genuinely stopped trusting that I was a capable driver. Then I lost faith in my support system. When I went away to college, I was alone in a new city with all of my loved ones 200 miles away. I knew no one in town. My poor, abused car felt unsafe and I couldn't afford a new one. I just grew fearful that I would be broken down on the side of the road with no one to call. It didn't help that the size of my college town was overwhelming in comparison to my tiny two-stoplight hometown. From these two points, I now believe I started a habit of worrying about my drives. And with enough focused worrying, I built up a phobia all on my own. So the trouble with worrying. During these early days of growing fear, my brain was reacting to things that hadn't happened yet and never fucking would. I fell into worst case scenarios and expected challenges 
any time I consider leaving the house. If I had plans in five days, I would be thinking about all the shit that would go wrong for five days. I developed morbid obsessions with considering all the things that could fuck me up. In my head, they became so likely that I dreaded every single drive or even step out the front door. In response to the very real feeling threats, my body was lighting up like a fucking Christmas tree. I was under enough mental distress that my body activated. The nervous physiological stress reaction was sending even more oh shit feedback to my brain while I shook, hyperventilated, and got dizzy. Now I felt out of control of my vehicle and my body, which seems to have been headed directly for passing out no matter how hard I whispered, no, no, no. It was an endless neurological, physical loop of building anxiety and fear. And it was all for no reason. The simple, embarrassing, difficult to swallow truth of the matter is Motherfucker, I created all of the obstacles and dangers and monsters for myself to worry about. None of it was based in reality. None of it ever happened. All of the time and energy was spent fearing a fake boogeyman. All of those years were completely wasted staying safe inside. My misery was created in an attempt to save myself from misery to hide from the world. By letting my thoughts get ahead of me, by refusing to acknowledge all the drives I had made without running into issues, by imagining the worst with fervent dedication, I created my own prison. Now, the answer is gonna piss you off. You know how I finally got my ass on the road? It's really not fancy. The key to my revolution was infuriatingly simple. It was doing instead of thinking. Okay, 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 I'm sorry, I know, don't, don't tune out yet, please, I have more to say. I know that's highly reductive and insulting and bound for fuck yous in return. But the point is, I stopped indulging in my anxious tailspins, even though it felt so wrong to push them aside. I realized I was obsessed with this preemptive fear, like it was a necessary part of daily life. I honestly felt as if imagining the things that could go poorly was a good thing. I always wanted to be 10 steps ahead, prepared for the worst. So, I mean, you have to think about all the ways, right? It's motherfucking wrong. I finally got it through my head. Imagining terrible circumstances won't make you more accepting when they happen to you. In the moment, you will react the right way or you won't. You can never, ever anticipate what's really coming your way or how you'll respond in that moment. So why does it help to think through the most terrifying scenarios you can dream up after watching a night of forensic files. Man, that's gonna keep coming up, isn't it?
The truth is it doesn't. Preparation for the worst, aka incessant, indulgent, worrying. It only hurts. And the key to overcoming my irrational fears was thinking less and just doing the fucking thing. I realized I couldn't change whatever was about to happen. The universe would send flaming bags of poop to my porch, whether I expected them or not. And when I started moving before I quit worrying, I created, or I quit creating shit monsters outside my front door. I literally just quit thinking so much. All right, how? <laughs> Again, fuck me, how? How to stop worrying and get moving. Necessity is a funny friend. At a certain point, I had no choice when it came time to get in the car. If you keep up with my story, you kind of know this one. After leaving my toxic ex in Atlanta, I was suddenly stranded in a large city where I knew no one and I needed to drive. I don't know if you've heard about driving in Atlanta. Oh boy. It's like the Grand Prix of aggressive drivers in unpredictable traffic. Plus, there's no public transportation, not functionally anyways. It would take me like two hours to get to work by train. And my fear of humans was actually greater than my fear of cars anyways. So when I left the suffocating household with my ex-significant other, I mean, I had to get to work, to doctor appointments, to community abuse advocates for legal help, and no one was going to drive me. I didn't have friends or family in the area. You know I can't motherfucking afford Ubers all over the goddamn city. Plus, I was going to need to get back home at some point to see my family, like a thousand miles away. And clearly, all of those things necessitated the ability to keep a car on the road. I had to enough times that the sting just eventually disappeared. Driving started being fucking mundane. After my life implosion, I stopped being so worried about life in general. I guess when the worst had already happened, there wasn't much left. That took a lot of pressure off whatever was coming next. You know, when you've lost it all, you have nothing left to lose, yeah? You really want me to have a car totaling accident with my busted up minivan that my ex is extorting me with anyways, universe? Well, fine, I fucking give up. I have to go to work or I have bigger problems to worry about. That's the mentality I had to adopt. And third, I really started seeing driving as being a boring, mundane activity rather than a terrifying one. The roads, I mean, they aren't dangerous. They're pretty boring. Traffic is a complete suck on your time, energy, and mood. Atlanta drivers are a fucking shit show, but 
I hate to say this, truthfully, you learn to be one of them and it just becomes a funny anecdote every day. In a way, I always could anticipate what would happen when I put the key in the ignition. I would be annoyed with other drivers until I arrived at my destination. I would stop worrying and wondering what might happen and I let my brain just go on autopilot based on my past experiences where, I mean, nothing really happened other than frustration and having a long commute from point A to point B. And then lastly, I built a little confidence in myself again. I needed help. (laughs) Over and over again, my therapist told me, Jess, you make good decisions. You are highly functional. You need to learn to trust yourself. And man, that really took a long time to accept. But I realized at some point, I had already seen that the future was completely unpredictable. And in the worst case scenario, apparently I would still manage to figure it out. You know, the unthinkable had already happened when I moved to a new city for a relationship that turned out to be a nightmare. And I was figuring that out despite having no one and nowhere to go. Who fucking knew what was coming next? But I guess I was gonna be okay. Bring it on, hell or high waters. I would still have my wherewithal and I would find a way out. I just needed to accept that I was reliable and capable. How to stop worrying yourself. You know, it's actually not that hard, even though I know you're yelling, fuck you. And I get it. I didn't think my brain could enter this higher consciousness instead of endless preemptive fear spirals either. But here I am, chilled out and ready to do everything after years of being too worried to do anything at all. So here's what I've got for anti-worrying advice, if you want it. Believe only in now. You know what probably isn't going to happen? Whatever you're dreaming of when you consider the future. (laughs) I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I'm just saying you have no clue what's coming your way, ever. Did you ever imagine that you'd be where you are today? Did you foresee all the random circumstances that brought you to this place? Were you planning any of this? Maybe, maybe not. But do you know what's a fact? Right now, I'm sitting on my bed in pajamas, eating muscadine and drinking day-old coffee while I send annoyed, boundary-establishing text messages and write this little ditty to you. In this tiny moment, right here, that's a fact. I can look around, I can touch my surroundings, I can feel the bed under my butt. I see the phone next to my computer. It's here, it's happening, it's real, right now. So what will happen when I get up and walk out of this bedroom? I have no clue. Maybe the cat will be standing on the other side of the door like usual. Maybe a horde of gremlins will be hanging from the ceiling like in my childhood nightmares. 
Maybe a masked figure will be standing down the hall with a knife like a show on the ID network. Or maybe he'll break into song and serenade me about unrequited love like a member of Masked Intruder. Who the fuck knows? I have no idea. I can't predict it. Some of those scenarios seem a lot more likely than others, but fuck. I mean, anything is possible in this universe and the next one. And therefore, I can't start worrying about it. Frankly, it would be selfish, wasteful, and weak to waste all my energy trying to anticipate what might happen next. Especially when your brain is programmed to expect the worst all the time. Motherfucker, there is no merit in worrying. Except there is no merit in worrying. You really, truly aren't a better person for being, quote, prepared. It might feel good to consider yourself 10 steps ahead, but shit, man, the path changes direction without warning. If you keep walking your brain at full speed straight ahead, but, you know, the trail took an unexpected left a while back, and now you're wading through poison ivy while righteously telling your hiking buddies that they're fools, <laughs> it's not helping. No one wants to be caught off guard, but you aren't superior for filling your head with negative predictions. Everyone has that friend, that family member or coworker who's just a bit too cautious when it comes to everything. They're afraid to go on a date. They're afraid to speed. They're afraid to go to the store, afraid to be two minutes late to work, afraid to miss an email. Everything is the end of the world. And hell, maybe that's you. I'm sorry. <laughs> the question is, do you respect that person? Do you want to be around them? Do you ask them for perspective and advice? Or do you find their unending fears to be a bit overdramatic, exhausting, avoidant, pathetic? Yeah, they're probably not your favorite person to be around. Again, I'm sorry if it's you we're talking about. You probably don't love being around yourself either. And no offense against warriors personally, but Shit, that energy is draining for everyone around you. And that mindset is impossible to work with. When someone is too busy living in the what ifs, they can't really coexist with the what is. They're going to be lost in their own fearful world. They're going to deny the facts right in front of them. They're going to be too convinced that shit luck is making a beeline for them to try a single thing. They will be, I'm sorry, a boring, miserable, stagnant person. Motherfucker, you don't want to be that person. Other people don't want you to be that person. Don't be that person. Stop judging folks who have a greater handle on, quote, going with the flow. <laughs> and see the value in their open-ended, multi-dimensional living. There is no merit in worrying. My next thought is it helps to learn your worrying roots. 
it might help you to examine where your worry or tendencies were born. You know, there's a reason why we turned out this way. And you know how much I like my narrative trauma healing. So the problem for me is I grew up learning that worrying was a moral issue. Being prepared was a necessity of life in my childhood home and somehow it correlated to value as a human. It was just another part of my bullying, shaming family's need to create some sense of order in a traumatic world. Their lives all sucked, their family's lives all sucked, and it had to be someone's fault. Let's blame the victim. So in my household, if you didn't foresee some random occurrence, well, you were the fucking idiot. Why didn't you have a backup water bottle? Why weren't you ready for a flat tire? Why didn't you come to school with two extra pairs of pants that day? For my family, the world can't be unpredictable because that's way too frightening and uncontrollable. So everyone must be fucking stupid not to anticipate future events. Thanks, generational trauma. Cool, so I learned that life is all my fault and I should be ashamed for whatever happens. <laughs> Throw in a tumultuous, unpredictable, and violent early life to teach a child that no one should be trusted and danger lies around every corner. And holy fuck, you've got yourself a recipe for a chronic worrier. Hell, give that girl a role model, my mother, who functions on avoidance and neuroticism, and let's see what else happens. The answer is you create a holier-than-thou, because I'm always on my toes, hypervigilant, miserable, stressed out, shut down, bitch. And that's me. Or that was me for many years of my life. Don't be dark ages, Jess. There is no merit in worrying. Now, of course, you're going to have to examine your thoughts and work to rewire that fucking trauma brain. Next time you're feeling drive anxious or future fearful, ask yourself some anti-bullshit questions. What's happening right now? What are the facts? What are you fearing? What's the likelihood of what you're fearing? What can you do to prevent it? What do you know will happen for sure? So, what's really real? And therefore, what's worth thinking about? What's worth expending energy on? What's worth devoting your time to? When I have nothing to answer these questions, I usually find that I'm worked up and ruining my day about nothing. About bad dreams in my brain box. About all the things I can't prevent or change or anticipate. And after I write it out, my answers stare me pretty boldly in the face. I can't keep arguing with myself I can live in unreasonable fear and avoidance, or I can take a step outside and see what happens. Most likely, it'll be boring at best. 
<laughs> there is no merit in worrying. Then, you know, you're going to have to redirect your energy. During this exercise, it'll become clear that there are two categories of things. There's real, tangible, fixable things, and there are imagined, indefinite, abstract premonitions. What can I prevent or change or anticipate? I mean, plenty of real stuff that's happening right now, i.e. getting dressed, eating breakfast, making sure my car tires are inflated, driving carefully. What can't I change? Everything I'm dreaming up about the future, i.e. avoiding car accidents forever, getting a spontaneous flat tire, getting hit by a falling airplane, gremlins popping up again. So what should I pay attention to? I mean, despite my ridiculous examples, it's pretty fucking clear the stuff that's happening right now, the things that are actually happening. Where should I place my attention, energy, and focus? On the tangible, controllable things that I can influence right in front of me. What's driving me crazy and making my life infinitely small and scary and depressing? Dude, the shit that could or couldn't happen what I'm imagining. Get in the car, put the key in the ignition, and drive, motherfucker. Keep your head on straight. Start doing instead of thinking, instead of worrying, and just see what happens. There is no motherfucking merit in worrying. Wrap up on worries. Still not impressed with my method of not worrying? Sounds too similar to just look on the bright side? Throwing out garbage thoughts not exactly in your wheelhouse right now? Dude, I feel you. I would have said the same quote back then. Would have been all, get fucked, you flowery bitch. It's no fucking way. And the fact is, it's a practice. No that you aren't going to feel better today or tomorrow or next week. You aren't going to suddenly stop worrying. But if you do the exercises and ask the questions and question yourself constructively every day, <laughs> every moment of every day, you will start to feel a shift. You can convince yourself to turn your attention elsewhere. You can organize your thoughts to cut out the useless fat. You can begin to rewire your brain. You can see evidence that good, bad, or boring things can happen at any point, regardless of premonition. Keep at it, and man, you will make massive progress. But you have to try every day. So just be straight with yourself and understand where your brain has held you back. If you want to see the world as a chaotic and dangerous place, you fucking will. If you want to open up new possibilities and to start living peacefully again, and really living, you really can. You decide how committed you are to the life that you want to lead. Start living, start doing, 
stop worrying. There is no merit in worrying. Mother fuck. So my recording app stopped recording at the end of that blog post. I'm glad I made it through before it quit on me because I didn't know. But I think that it's good timing because I've been making this into a pretty long podcast episode on accident. And I think that the third blog post that I wanted to read will have to wait for a different episode. Clearly, the universe is giving me some challenges on this one, but we'll get there. And I have to tell you, yeah, I had to listen to the sound of my own voice to make sure that the other episode had captured everything before it quit recording. So, another fucking A, I did it, I heard myself, I hate it so much. Hope you're all happy. <laughs> Just kidding. If you want to come hang out with me some more, go on over to t-mfrs.com. It is linked in the episode notes and the podcast description. And from there, you can get a hold of me. Uh, you can use any of the contact pages. You can read a lot more on the blog. You can apply to become a member of the community which is largely based on Discord right now, and it's really fucking cool. So I'm going to wrap this up before more unexpected bullshit happens, and I'm going to talk to you guys soon. Please get a hold of me. Let me know how you're doing, and I can't wait to learn more about everybody. All right. Later, motherfuckers. You think it's shoving moments We can't do anything The fucking joke is We're winning when you blink It's shoving moments